Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be listening to excerpts from the 2019 Drama Vic Conference, Unity, Exploring Diversity and Inclusion in Drama Education. I can take no credit for the amazing words that you are going to be listening to over these next few episodes. They all come live from the Drama Vic Conference, 5th and 6th of December 2019. So without any further ado, I bring you an excerpt from the 2019 Drama Victoria Conference. We have two shorter keynote presentations, and we thought really long and hard about how this might work. Um, our first keynote presentation is Jeffrey Tan. The title of his piece is From the Blue Forest to Open Homes, The Magical Power of Imagination from the Drama Classroom. I first met Jeffrey in person a few years ago at a drama conference in Auckland and did a workshop with him. And when he said he was going to be in Melbourne, I went, oh good. <laughs> so Jeffrey's a drama educator, a theatre director and applied theatre practitioner. He brings a multi-community and international perspective to our conference this year. Jeff has worked as a theatre director, a drama educator and arts producer since 1989. He holds a BA in drama from Queensland University of Technology, an MA from the University of Warwick in Britain. He was resident director with theatre practice and in 1997 and a drama lecturer with La Salle in Singapore in 1999 and associate artistic director with Theatre Works in Singapore in, nine, in 2002, I beg your pardon. Assistant Director with the National Arts Council in 2007 and Assistant Director of the People's Association 2012. He now works independently, producing his own creative work. Jeffrey's recent theatre productions for 2019 alone include It's Not Romeo and Juliet for Ageless Theatre, My Bridge of Love for the Marceline UT Communities Bicentennial Play, and recently in this country, Open Homes with La Bois and Backbone in Brisbane. And Jeffrey's currently here, he's not going to do a John, in Melbourne for the Brunswick uh, Mechanics Institute Theatre Residency, exploring a new cross-cultural children's play. I'd like to welcome Jeffrey Tan. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today. And I'd like to pay my respect to the elders past, present, and emerging. And it's in the spirit of a get-together, I thought we'd do a quick poll, right? And, uh, typical drama teacher warm-up. <laughs> if you're a speech and drama teacher, can you please put up your hands? Really? Speech and drama teachers? <laughs> uh, creative drama teachers. Okay, the list goes on. School drama teacher. Oh, that's the majority. Uh, theater for young people. Okay, you uh, have a look around. Don't just put up your hands. Have a look around. Physical theater teachers. <laughs> Mind teachers. Marx teachers. <laughs> drama and education teachers. Process drama teachers. <laughs> Applied drama teachers. <laughs> Community theater teachers. Digital storytelling teachers. <laughs> Transmedia storytelling teachers. Oh, there's only one, two, three. 
production stage management teachers. <laughs> Admin arts administration teachers. Theatre directors. Oh. Producers. <laughs> Thank you. Have a look around. Recognize people in, in your field. Say hello to your new face. Because I think when you come to a conference like this, it's about making friendship. It's about getting to know people, catching up with people. And that's sort of how I grew up in the scene. And Australia is almost like a second home. So thank you, Mac, and the conference organizers for inviting me to come. Uh, I chose these three pictures because if anything else you walk away from a keynote, it's, it's really about the variety of things that we do, the different hats that we wear. Uh, and, and thank you, Elder uh, Ron, earlier for reminding us not to judge people from what we see on the outside. Uh, but really, you know, who, which are the connections? Who are the people that are missing in this room? Who are the people that we might want to collaborate with in the work that we do? Whether it's in the classroom, in the community, on the professional stage. Who are we missing out? Who are we excluding? So that's my first big question uh, in this gathering. Sorry? So, thank you. Terima kasih in Malay, or CSCA in Mandarin, and Nandri in Tamil. Uh, I'm, I come from Singapore. Just to get a bit of context, how many people here have been to Singapore? Okay. Uh, who has never heard of Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> so this is Singapore. It's a land of contradictions. It's a land of comfort. It's a land of convenience. It's a land of crisis. It's a land of contra uh, contradictions, I've said that. And it's crisis because, you know, we, we've got lots of things to deal with. We've got many different races, and that's also changing, right? It's not so easy to manage race, and it's not something that it's easily talked about politically, socially, and in the drama classroom. The students that we teach are very different. So what does this mean for us? So in Singapore, we have the four official languages, and that in itself has served the country really well, Chinese, Malay, Indian, and others. Uh, but these are the challenges. What does this mean for us drama teachers, drama educators, <coughs> theatre makers? You know, how do, where do we fit in this complex world? And how do we capture this with the students that we work with? What kind of content do we introduce to our students? What kind of skills do they need? So I'm going to talk very quickly about Into the Blue Forest. This was a project that was commissioned by ArtGround, which is a dedicated children's play space in Singapore for children under 12. When they approached me to create a new piece, I sort of asked myself, you know, what do I want to say? How am I going to say this? So I thought, okay, let's not be the experienced expert who knows everything. Let's go back to square one. Let's spend a year researching and talking to children. And we did lots of research. We played with kids. We observed kids. We asked them, what do they like? What would you expect to see? Uh, and this is an interesting story because I wrote this book, The Blue Forest, for a friend who showed me 10 pictures. And then I sort of just wrote it, not thinking very much about where it's going to go. When this project came about, I thought, hey, let me translate this book to local languages because it was published in English, Japanese, 
uh, French and Italian. Uh, and I thought, being Singaporean, maybe I should look at the Malay, Tamil, and Mandarin. And that got me really excited because other than translating it professionally, I brought it back to the children, to the families, and got them involved in the process. And that got me thinking, how do we uh, validate what we're doing and make it relevant to the audience that we are creating this work for? And so with that, uh, it got me inspired to think, maybe in the casting, I need to have a variety and a diversity of actors. Maybe in the piece, we need to have different languages, because that's the Singapore that we're in. In a day, in, if I speak in Singlish, you probably hear different languages within the same sentence. <laughs> uh, so this was a process, and, and I wanted to challenge myself to say, you know, what happens if I had an older actor, a middle-aged, experienced actor, and a very young actor? You know, what happens if I put them in the same space, on the same stage? And then, of course, uh, the idea of intergenerational, intergeneration, multilingual came up. And also, I realized that children these days have got very short attention span. <laughs> so how do we keep them active? So we had lots of these big challenges, and we came up with a very interactive piece. We tried it out with the children, and those two were invaluable because this picture that you see here is, uh, what is the time, Mr. Wolf? And when we played that game, the children were able to hold. And it was fascinating. And so we incorporated the game into one of the characters. And this particular scene, it was wordless. We had the Indian actor do the deer. And then the kids all followed. And it was magical. And, and, and so I guess the, the, the key note in reflecting about this is, how do we make our work child-centric or student-centric? How do we? How can we create an environment for diversity? I think that's the biggest challenge. And I don't think we all have the answers. What might work today might not work tomorrow. Management may say, think otherwise. Uh, the students, you walk in, maybe the next day you have uh, kids who can't focus, who's come from a very uh, different background. What do you do as a person of a different color, of a different background? How do you have the access? How can we create an, a learning environment that respects diversity? Uh, and, and this is a very complex question. And yesterday when I was uh, doing a research in the primary school uh, with two teachers of a very different race and kids, all of color, was really interesting. Uh, so I wanted to sort of highlight there are actually lots of resources out there when you type in you know diversity inclusion, and and this was one of the checklists from uh, this uh, lady how to create a learning environment that respects diversity. So have a look at that. Some of the key questions are there. I won't go through because you know we don't have a lot of time, but I found it really interesting that you know it's out there. <coughs> So just look for information. Uh, to summarize, I think what we can do for diversity are these various things. Right? There, there needs to be constant exposure. We need to be inclusive. Uh, what, do we, what do we mean? How do we be inclusive? 
is a question that we have to constantly ask. How do we keep an open mind? It's not easy. Uh, how do we communicate? And how do we experience or translate this experience? It's not inclusion and diversity cannot be a mind concept, cannot just be a desire. How do we role model it? How do we let our students experience that? Uh, I wanted to do this exercise, the golden circle. Have you all done this before? Maybe just a quick one, because we only have 20 minutes. Uh, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Just write down or think through. Why are you doing what you're doing? You could be doing so many things, right? Is this water safe to drink? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Always ask, right? <laughs> so why are we doing what we're doing? Can we just have a, a shout out to someone? Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, just to tell stories. Great, okay. Do we have a, a different view? Why are you doing... What keeps you awake? Yes. Provide a positive experience for our students. Okay. Make the world a better place. For our students. Yes. Make the world a better place. Make the world a better place. Okay, so we all have different reasons. Why do we do what we do? And the next thing is, how do we do what we do? How? How are we doing this every day? 365 days outside of school, in school, in the community, on the professional stage. And what is it that we're doing? Are we still doing the same things that we did when we were 13 years old? Are we still teaching the same content that we're teaching when I was in LaSalle College in the early 2000, late 90s, early 2000? I think these are questions we have to be honest with ourselves. If we are just a historical theatre teacher, there's some value in that. But there might be a distance, there might be gaps. So I think this is a, a quick reminder of why are we doing what we're doing, how are we doing, and what is it that we're doing as practitioners, as educators, as theatre makers. So I, I decided to embarrass myself <laughs> by Reflecting on my life, because when I was 13 years old, you know, it was hard, right? When you are a fat boy with no chin. You had to find your, your way around the world. And I saw an ad and I found Act 3 and they were then, you know, the theatre company. And without knowing or talking about race, that's something, as a young kid, you don't think about that. But I saw and felt three different race people walk together there was a Chinese woman who was doing the business element, but she was also an actress, Ruby uh, Chandran, who's Indian, who's a scriptwriter, who's also an actor, and Jasmine, who's a Malay actor, designer, and it was like the perfect company, right? They brought, it was called Living Room Theatre because they would do shows in the living room. <laughs> they would do Pinocchio and various things. Of course, when you grow older and you're more exposed to the world, you, you start to think, is drama more than Pinocchio? It's drama more than Monkey King, right? What, what else is there? So, so that was me growing up. Then of course you did all the various things. Uh, for me, I was Santa Claus for a good six years, made lots of money. Uh, <laughs> I was in this musical as an actor, and then you know, ten years down the road, I was invited to direct it with a new batch of actors. And that was really beautiful to, to go back and revisit some things that we've done from a different perspective. Uh, 
Context is very important in drama. Context is very important in what we're doing and in, in the area of the school and the educational system that we're in. Uh, whoops, what's this? <laughs> okay, <laughs> the 21st century skills. This is the thing from the Ministry of Education. So teachers in Singapore are given this direction. And surprise, surprise, we're talking about core values. What are your core values as a person? as an educator. And if you look at the second sphere, you know, where does diversity come in? Where does diversity come up in the third and final outcomes of where we want our students to go? So we have, if you have more time, you can actually dive into this and see that there are a lot of overlaps and it meets the objectives of what the ministry wants to do, where the direction is going. And of course, in the research, I found out that Drama Australia has uh, equity and diversity guidelines for drama education. How many of you knew about this? Okay, so maybe one third of the room. Can I say safe to say that? So please go and look this up because this was written as early as 2005. And, and Dr. Mack was involved in that. Uh, I can say, and it was relaunched uh, last year. Yes, so please have a look at that. And, and I found it really useful because I think what I've been asking are very big questions, but then I think what this document offers are very concrete considerations in your planning. Uh, and, and beyond this, there are a lot more uh, resources and, and timelines. I found that timeline on page 8 really useful, how things have evolved. And uh, yeah. So how do we stay relevant is the question. And that's a question as an independent theatre maker I ask myself all the time. Five minutes, okay? Uh, and I think the key thing is we have to keep in practice. I know it's hard. There's only so many hours in a day. But, you know, we all live once. And if we don't live our life fully and, and make the, it the most meaningful uh, journey of your lives, then you won't, you won't have time to regret when it's over. And so, stay relevant. Uh, and this was a project I created in 2015, and then it was recommissioned in 2017, and then this year in uh, Brisbane with Lavoie and Backbone. Uh, what it is, is called Open Homes because we work with the residents over six months, once a month, to reflect on their life stories, and then they share the stories in their homes. And we had 15 homes open up in Brisbane, and lots of people were very surprised uh, that, you know, we had a mixed couple, so white Australian man with a tall Indian woman. Uh, we had Sam, the pastor, who never preached in his piece, but was very much about the growing up in Belfast, when every day it's not about, you know, when you're, what you're going to be doing next, but when are you going to die? And that's the reality for our children. Uh, I don't have time to show you the videos, but you can look it up or you can get my copy of slides and look at it. Yep. Uh, and a direct queen of 40 years. Uh, he's the most generous, beautiful person. And it wasn't an easy journey. But I think the, took the takeaway for me in doing this project here in Brisbane was that we have to keep, you know, how can we open minds? How, you know, it's an easy thing to say, but it's tough thing to do. And I think inclusion, diversity, how do we keep this constantly open? How do we shift the way we think? 
how do we open our hearts? Uh, because teaching and theatre is not just about concepts, but can we have that shift in how we feel? And actually, how many of us will be brave to open our homes, to invite someone that's very different, and interact, and share a story, uh, and connect? And I think that was the biggest takeaway in this project, that we, at the end of the project, when we did the debrief, a lot of people were very surprised that how the project wasn't just the project anymore. It was another community that emerged from that project. Uh, and, of course, imagination is very important. Uh, you can read this, so I'm not going to re <laughs> read it, but the idea of possibilities, right? How can we bring to the classroom, to the community, what we do by imagining a new possibility? And I think that's what maybe diversity and inclusion is about, a world of possibilities. Uh, and I'm here in Brisbane, oh sorry, in Melbourne. <laughs> in Melbourne. And over the last three days, it's been nerve-wracking because consciously I decided not to end game. Uh, consciously I decided not to play the capitalist game of knowing where I'm going to go and say, I'm going to just spend three days playing. Uh, so I, I invited Nayoka, a First Nations dancer, uh, two Singaporean actors, uh, Zoe, who is not here, so this was our first day. In one day, we spoke about the concept of red, what the colour red means to you. We had our own version, we had our own jam. Then the second day, we thought, enough talking, let's make stuff. And we went crazy, right? It was ha highly chaotic. Yes, one minute. Uh, but it was wonderful, because we had all these resources, and then when we looked back, we thought, okay, they all start to make sense. And we were discovering things along the way. We were challenging ourselves to think outside of established practice, what we're comfortable with. And this was our research with the school yesterday. So I promised the teacher no showing of faces. But what was beautiful <laughs> was their Virgin's flag. That a lot of the... It's not usual to see that drawn by non-local students. And that was a very interesting discovery. And, and they were planning a red party. So we got them to devise. And, and the moving thing was, I think the learning point of this was when children are given opportunities, they will shine. They will shift. They will open up. And they will want to be included. Uh, the final, this was just yesterday. After all that research, thinking, playing, we played some more. And we, we, I had this vision of bodies in space, and we started taping, and then we were thinking, how do we make this a meaningful encounter, and not just taping shapes for the sake of art? And so when we dived into that moment deeply, we came up with a, we don't know if it's going to work, but we came up with an interactive device of maybe it's a team of three. While they're doing this, someone is telling a story about the colour red or about the land red. So we're excited, we don't know where it's going to go. Uh, my final point is, please keep playing. When was the last time you played? Not with your students, not with your children, but with yourself, with other practitioners. Uh, not final. 
over this slide, for the very experienced people who are already doing, you know, being diverse and inclusive in your practice, how do you be an advocate? I think that's the biggest challenge. Uh, as an independent, sometimes you feel like you don't need to advocate, but more than 17 years ago, I started the Singapore Drama Educators Association back in Singapore. And it's beautiful to see this community. And the challenge is how do we grow this community to include people who are not here now? Uh, that's the big challenge. I think I'll stop here uh, because these are, I guess, stuff I've said before. It's a summary of where we've gone. And thank you. That is all from us at The Aside. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to look through those and find one that piques your interest. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a request for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.